What's going on, Canes fans? We're back for another great episode of All Canes Radio. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Monroe. I'm with the boys in the building, Mr. All Canes himself, Harry. Harry, what's going on, my man? Hey, it's another great day here, and uh, we got a great guest tonight. Looking for a great show. we got a great guest. And you know what? I don't know if it's because I'm a former punter with our guest that uh, my ankle's already starting to, like, Get a little loose or sore, like they just feel a little bit weird. I don't know. I don't know if it's because our guest that we have coming on today. If I was a punter and had a kick to this guy, I wouldn't want to be on the field. I mean, listen, I I, I had to go against him in high school. We'll, we'll talk about that later. About a little funny story I have with that, but um, yeah, I don't know. My ankles are a little sore right now, but and, uh, and you're sweating, and you're sweating. I, I mean, I am a little. You know, I am perspiring a little bit. The, the, the other voices. The uh, thing I keep saying about him is, why did anybody ever kick to him? Well, you know. And that's what we're going to talk about, right? You're, I literally just got a meme from one of my boys who's a fan of his NFL team that he was with, and it says, I feel sorry for the generation to know they'll never know a guy like this, that if you kick to him, it was over with. Yeah. And if you guys can't figure it out already, it's our main man. You might call him Sugarfoot. You might call him the Windy City Flyer. Anytime, but we call him Hurricane Hester. That's right. We got our boy, Devin Hester. I'm going to call him an athlete because he played all over the field at Miami. Interceptions, punt returns, on offense. Devin, what's going on, my brother? What's going on, fellas? What's going on, man? You know, we out here in Miami, chilling. You know, we just had the the spring game, stuff like that. And, you know, we're just having a good time. We said, listen, if we got to get anybody on the show right now, it's got to be D. Hester. That's what's up, man. I appreciate the honor, man. I appreciate all the love you guys have gave me thus far, man. And hopefully that, you know, we can still shout out the much love that's going on right now. Oh, for sure. Listen, you know, first of all, how are you doing? Retirement life. You know, you got your kids. I think your kid might be, you know, your son. Your son might be the best athlete in the family now. You know, looking at the YouTube clips and all those uh, posts and stuff like that. You know, everything's good with you in the family? Man. Yeah, most definitely. He's um, I'm actually out here. I just dropped him off at track practice. So, you know, I try to keep keep boys active, man. You know, I don't that one of them has a baseball game at seven and the middle one is actually at track practice right now. So I try to keep my boys active, keep them involved in all types of sports, you know, and um, hopefully one of them turn out pretty good. What's their ages? So the 11 year old, I have 11, I have an eight and um, three year old now. So look. Let's take it back to high school, right? D. Hester went to Suncoast. But hold on. I heard a rumor, Hester. Did you go to Gardens first? No. So, actually, I went to – all my cousins went to Gardens. Uh, all my cousins went to Gardens. I went actually went to Suncoast first. But I did try to transfer my junior year going into my senior year. And the only way I was able to get in, if I did uh, join some type of program that I didn't want to get involved in, it was like a, some type of – Military army type ROTC. program going on there. Mm-hmm. That's probably what it was, and they was like, "You have to join this program in order for us to accept you." And I'm like, "No, nah, I'm not doing that." Bro, and you know, so, what we, uh, you know what we could have done with you on offense. Imagine, you know, we had to go against, we had to go against some boys from Ely. My junior year would have been right. your senior year, going against Bain and and Tyrone, rest in peace, and Wims and Taraz, and they cheated us down there. But if we had D Hess on on offense, it'd yeah. been over with. Oh, I was trying to get, I was trying to go to y'all, man. I was trying so hard, man. <laughs> I was trying hard to go to you guys. Nowadays, man. you could transfer to school to just because of the weather. weather. You could transfer anywhere you want nowadays. Back in those days, it was a lot harder. Yeah. Though. 
it was a lot harder because I was trying, you know, and I was trying to get over there, man. I, I actually went to their school a couple times and met with the coaches and everything, trying to get over there my, my senior, going into my senior year. Yeah, you know, now, now I'm sad because I had to go against, you know, D. Hess, you know, in high school, and co- my coach is like, listen, this is the number one dude in Palm Beach. This is the number one recruit in America. All I want you to do is punt the ball away from him. Punt it out of bounds. I said, okay, I got you, coach. I got you. So I see Hester down there. He, he spat it up, you know what I'm saying, two, three on his chest. I literally punt the ball, man, probably two yards out of bounds. Hester goes over, <laughs> tiptoes on the sideline, catches it oh, no. out of bounds, turns and starts bringing it back. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Luckily, we tackled him. My coach chewed me out. Yeah. And I said, okay. So next time I literally turned around and looked in the stands and I just booted at somebody in the stands. <laughs> but that's the fear that he put in players. Well, well, and that happened in college and that happened in the NFL. You weren't alone in that one, Brian. Oh, not at all. I was like, come on, coach, you're killing me, man. You're killing me. Hester, I wanted to ask you. So you had your pick of the litter when it came to colleges in America. You got Miami, Florida, Florida State, uh-huh. Oregon, everybody that you wanted to go to. Now, there are Correct. some Canes fans don't know about it, but you actually should have been on the 2002 Miami Hurricanes team that went to the Fiesta Bowl, correct? Three. That's three, right? The, the 2003, 2003 Fiesta Bowl, but the 2002 team. Yeah. So Correct. I yes. know there's some – you know, shady recruiting that goes on that people don't 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 know about. Can you get you know explain the story of what happened and why you had to come in a year later? Sure. So uh, pretty much, um, you have to qualify, right? Yep. You have to take the ACT yep. or either the SAT, and you have to have a right the right GPA to match it. So I think going into my my senior year after I graduated, I had like a I want to say a three one, and I took my SATs my junior year, and I scored like a nine fifty. And uh, so I was qualified. So my senior, I didn't have to worry about no grades. I didn't have to worry about taking any tests. You know what I mean? I got all that out of the way my junior year. So my senior year was just, let's have fun, play football. I ain't got to worry about no, no, no test scores. Again, I was all cleared from the NCAA and everything. And so when I went on a couple of my recruits, at the time, I um, shied away from one of the teams. I don't want to bring the team up because I don't know 100% sure it of was course. dumb. So – one of the recruits, I was getting recruited heavily, and um, I told him, you know what I mean? No, I'm not going to take the college visit. Um, I'm going away my um, – thinking about going somewhere else. And it got got kind of heated. I felt like the guy job was on the line of getting me. And so um, when I ended up taking all my other five visits to colleges, he really, really – that's when it really, really got worse. He was calling every day. He was going off on my mom. Like, it was to the point where we had to call up to the school and tell them, yo, this is what's going on. You know what I mean? We appreciate you guys. Just stop calling our phone. And so um, he finally sent the, uh, a text saying, you know what? If you don't come here, I promise you, you will never see a day of football in your life. So we laughed at all. I get to Miami. I check in my dorm room. Um, this is when we know the players were able to check in their dorm yep. room. Check in my dorm room. Set up my room and everything. Everything is good. And uh, Jeff, our academic advisor, came Jeff to Murk. the room. And he, no, he called Jeff Merck. He called my phone. And he was like, hey, Devin, we got a little small incident. Could you come down to the facility? And I'm like, sure, okay. I come down to the facility, and he said, um, the NCAA is questioning your SAT scores. Um, they said it was a request from another college. Wanted to question your SAT scores and, um, you know, ban you and, and make you sit out and retake it. And so I'm like, huh? 
I like listen, they if y'all wanted me to take if the NCAA wanted me to take my test scores, I would have gladly did that all my senior. You know, I went my whole senior without taking no test scores because I was crying. Yep. I said, if y'all why why y'all wait till I get to college and now I got a week, you know what I mean, or two before the season actually kick off, and you telling me I'm an elder, you know what I mean? Maybe you know what I mean. So that's what happened with that situation. And and um they just told me, Hey, you gotta sit out this year and you come back next year and play. And that's pretty much what happened. That's how he came to work at all sports at the time. He came down and worked yeah, here and, exactly. and helped work out over at the campus. And, uh, you know, I used to, I, I used to kid people. I said, yeah, I taught Devin how to run so good because we made him run the racks around the store here. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he learned his juke moves. <laughs> he was a great employee, and it was, it was, it was glad we were able to, to help him help uh, and stay at the University of Miami and uh, – you know, the rest has been history, right? That, that's a crazy story, though, Devin. I mean, did you ever uh, think about pursuing any legal action again against uh, that that uh, not maybe the school, but but that individual? It was see at the end of the day, I wasn't one hundred percent sure, so I didn't have any proof, and right. the NCAA wouldn't give out that information. So it was pretty much it was kind of up to the University of Miami Hurricane to go ahead and say, you know what, we're gonna ignore the situation and we're gonna play, let them play. So it was kind of because I could have went to any other school, like a lot of other schools. Like, listen, this situation that you're going on with you right now, we willing to take you and let you come play. Oh, but we, I chose. I said, my mom was like, no, we gonna sit it out and, and hopefully they, you know, the hurricanes get a result. So I ended up having to sit out a whole year where I could have went to other school and they say, you know what, forget this situation. It's, it, there's really no accuracy where they can really, really make you sit out. The hurricane was just saying like, we don't want you to play four or five games. And then it comes back, and they say you're ineligible. And then we have to forfeit the rest of the season. See, that's, so what, that's, that's why we love why Mama. I, that's why the hurricane. Yeah, yeah, that's why the hurricane was like, nah, let's just sit it out. You know what I mean? And then wait the next year. Mama Dukes is like, nah, we going orange and green. We ain't going nowhere else. You're going to sit this yeah. one out. We going right down <laughs> south. You ain't going to go nowhere yeah. else. We had that great career down there, and go to good, good to go. That's. Did, did you want to leave, Devin? Where, That's where, exactly what she told me. Did, did you want to leave? Yeah, because I, I was just ready to go to school. I wanted to leave because I was just, as a kid, you know, coming from Southwood, I just wanted to go to school. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's hard just sitting out a whole year. You know what I mean? From where I come from, once you sit out one or two years, you pretty much, your, your career is over. Yep. I had a lot of friends that, that did, that set yep. out their first two years uh, uh, coming out of high school, and then it just pretty much forgot about I didn't want to be in that position. So I was like, you know what? These other, these other schools are willing to take me and let it away. That way, at least two. You know what I mean? So I, I set out of school, no schoolwork, no no football, no nothing for a whole year. Yeah, that was torture for me. Wow. I didn't know that story. Yeah. That's the, you know what? I don't, I don't think yeah. a lot of people knew the story, right? Because it's everyone likes to talk behind people's back, right? That's what people do nowadays. It's just, hey, you know, he, he did this because he's cheating or he did this because someone else did. You know, like, you don't know the story. Right. You know, unless unless the man tells right. you himself what the story is, don't assume stuff. But the problem but the is... Crazy, see, people, the crazy thing about that is they said at the end of the day, my my answers match the person beside me, but the person beside me scored like an 880. They gave out, they scored, they scored an 880 and I scored a 950. So I said, at the end of the day, who... Who's cheating on who, baby? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. He didn't even do that good a job <laughs> cheating off you, did he? <laughs> so I say, I say, I say, listen, I say, so if y'all got, like I said, we got proof of your test scores matching the person beside you. I say, when so my mom in the school asked, like, what did they score? 
They said they had an 880. I said, what did I score? You scored a 950. So you mean to tell me who cheated on who paper then? You know what I mean? If my score is higher than this. So how the hell I cheated off him? <laughs> that, 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 that's amazing. So but maybe the, maybe it, if it wasn't for that year off, Devin, you wouldn't you wouldn't have done what you did in that first opportunity, right? And I don't know if that's where we were going to next. I right? mean, listen, I'll talk about the first opportunity because I remember joking with him in practice. We were talking about the game. So first opportunity, we played uh, La Tech away. And then the first home game was at the Orange Bowl at night against Florida. And, you know, Devin's in practice and stuff like that, talking trash like he normally does to the kickers and stuff like that in special teams, period. And he looks at me, he goes, I'm taking opening kickoff back. I said, oh, yeah? And he goes, and when I do, be ready because I'm going to get a 15-yard penalty because I am taking my helmet off and everybody in the world is going to see me. <laughs> he called it. Literally called yeah, it in practice. It. But I think the yeah, funniest I thing did. was I'm on the sideline waiting. We're all lined up because we know what we think is going to happen. So he's gone. We're running crazy. And I'm looking at you know the rest of the kickers. I'm like, man, I'm about to kick from the 20-yard line now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, my it was worth it though, right? Yeah, uh, what? Yeah, oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely, that was that was like the moment of my college career, you know. What I mean, just being able as a, as a Florida kid growing up and down south and being able to go to all the Miami Hurricane games in high school and to watch those guys and, and that 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 feel alone with all the legends that played there, you know, what I mean, it's a dream come true. And when I got the opportunity to play there, it just flashed back to us. What all happened to me the previous year was just built up an anchor. You know what I mean? So I had in my mind that it wasn't nobody in this earth that was going to make a tackle on me on this specific play. And I was going to show the world, and I was telling myself, I hope this guy is watching whoever did that so they can look me in my face, you know what I mean, and see how much fear I had. I mean, listen, he must have been kicking himself year in and year out for what he did watching our games because you know what? It it doesn't matter if he didn't watch the games because if he turned on SportsCenter, there's Devin every other week making some crazy return, some kickoff, breaking some punter's ankle, whether it was Mm -hmm. against Louisville. Duke, I think, was the best play that never counted ever. Where I mean, would you you made like ten guys miss out of the whole entire team? Yeah, the trainers coming out trying to take these guys off the field. They all broke their ankles. (laughs) It was crazy. You know, I want to I want to ask you. You've had so many crazy returns, whether it came you know, in the uh, college or in the NFL, you know, what is your most memorable return? I think I have an idea, but I know the, you know, like you just said, the college one was big with Florida, but, you know, what was the most memorable return you ever had? I always tell people that people always say, you know, the Super Bowl one, but for me, it had to be the um, Arizona Cardinal game. Um, I think just because of the situation the game was in, you know what I mean? We came in the third quarter down 20 points. It's no way in the, in the hell we was going to come out with that W. Um, at the time, the Cardinals were playing great football. Um, our offense was struggling. Um, and so our defense pretty much rallied back and got us back in the game in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, for me, um, with like three minutes left, I think two or three minutes left in the game, I take a punt back. To, to really put us in, ahead. And that really, really, I think for me, stands out among all of the tournaments just because of the situation that was in. I mean, you had you had a, you had one like that against Louisville down here 
um, where where you kind of iced the game, or actually brought us back. Brought us back, yeah. Uh, didn't ice it. Brought us back. I mean, Devin, you in that position, you've got people running after you as fast as they can. Eleven people running after you as fast as they can to to knock you out, or at least grab, get you down. Your focus is on right. returning. I mean, I can't like. I can't even imagine trying to see the holes or where to run. How, how, how? I mean, is it feeling? Is it vision? Is it luck? What is it? I think it's vision. For me, I I was always, you know, give God the thanks, but I, I was always able to see the hole before it opened. And to explain that is it's all about leverage. You know what I mean? And the leverage that the guy is shading to you know what I mean? Where I have a blocker in front of him. So wherever I see that guy shading to, I knew if I take a false step that way, it would really, really get him to overstand that way. And I would see holes, create holes from 10 yards back to know that if I take a false step that way, it's going to even open up that hole even further. But then at the same time, you got to have the speed enough to say, when I take that false step, I got to get it and go, you know, before that hole closes back up. So I think for me, it came with a lot of vision and a lot of speed and trust in that my guys was going to make their blocks. And from that point on, just the vision really took over. Took over. Go ahead. I was, telling, I was telling the guys we were talking about you before we started that I said that night you ran that ball back in the Super Bowl. I said my neighbors down the street probably thought someone was getting murdered. I was screaming so loud. I about <laughs> passed out. I was, I was just breathing so fast yelling at <laughs> Go go go! But that was that was a pretty cool night to to think that uh, you were able to come back to Miami where you played football and and run a, a touchdown back like that in a Super Bowl, such a big stage like that. I mean, I think I think as all Canes, we were all going crazy in yeah. the Super Bowl. But I, I ain't gonna lie, I admit it. I got scared. I chickened out. You know, I'm looking. Uh, I have some friends that are gamblers, and you know, they're looking at the spread and the lines and everything. And here's this. Here's the thing. Devin Hester takes opening kickoff back. And I'm like, all right, what's 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 the what's the odds? And it was something crazy. I think you know, I think if you got the yeah. first touchdown, it was something like fifty to one. But if you took the opening, you know, touch uh, kickoff, it was like one fifty to one. I was like, man, I got to put at least a uh-huh. hundred bucks down. Yeah, man. I was too late with the bet. <laughs> but needless to say, I spilled my drink everywhere watching the game. <laughs> I mean, one thing about your career, Devin, that I found interesting in the NFL is you seem to create a, a relationship with Dion. Um, and maybe it was before you got to the NFL, but certainly when you were in the league, he obviously was known to be a, a big-time returner. Um, also, obviously, on, on defense – from Florida State, what, what was that? How did that start? And, and, you know, then you were kind of doing the Dion high step at the end of some of your returns. How, how did that relationship start? Well, it started off, you know, me being a, a big fan of Dion growing up, and uh, I just really, really looked up to him. And um, so, you know, I was at the recruiting time um, in high school. Florida State was recruiting me hard, and um, I wanted to wear the number two. And so it was a big controversy about that situation. Um, Deion Jersey was retired there at the number two um, number. So they kind of was trying hard, and they reached out to Deion, and Deion shut it down. And mm. it was a little, a little small, little controversy. But other than that, you know, they knew that, oh, they – so he knew from then that, hey, this, is a, this must be a top dog for y'all to call me, you know what I mean, and, and ask me to take my jersey every time and let this player play in order to come here. 
So he knew about me then. And so when I got to college, him and Ed Reed played together. And um, I, bought, I guess I did an interview and um, I talked about him and why I do the high step. And I was doing the high steps and things like that, that he was like my, my favorite player growing up. And so he um, talked to Ed and had Ed give me a call. And Ed gave me a call and like, hey, man, Dion, I want to get in contact with you, man. He, he, he see a lot of potential in you. And he want to see if he can mentor you, you know, just to help you out a little bit in some of your correction things that you're doing on the field that he see. He want to be able to, you know, correct you and help you out a little bit. And I was like, man, that's that's like music to my ear. Give him my phone number. And um, that's where it started off. And so from from college, we've been talking from day, from day one. Boy, them Seminole fans were salty back in the day. <laughs> yeah, they was. They was. They was so salty when Dion was mentoring him. I remember that. And then he came down to a pro day for uh for yep. his first pro day. He was there too. I was like, ooh, this got a sting right now. <laughs> so if they gave yeah, you number two, yeah. Devin, would you have gone to Florida State? I don't think so. Okay, good, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> You know, speaking of numbers, I don't know if you see what's going on right now. They changed the NFL that now all these guys can wear single digits and it's going to be, you know, chaos and, ch- right. and number changes. And I know you were 23 when you were in high school. Then you were number four when you got to Miami. And then you went back to 23 and with the Chicago Bears. Right. So what does 23 right. mean to you and why didn't you keep it at Miami? I well at the time when I wanted a single digit number. When I was in high school, I was giving that number my freshman year. And so I just told myself at the end of the day, the number don't make you, you make the number. And that's the way I always thought of numbers. So when I got it my freshman year, I'm like, I'm not gonna change. I'm just gonna keep it and ride out and make this number popular. And so when I got to college, I said, you know, I want to go to a single digit. And that's when I got the number four. And so, you know, in the NFL, you know, you can't wear the single digits. You got to go back to – I was a DB, so I had to go to 23. So I was like, that's perfect. I wore that in high school. I wear it again. But now they're coming out with these new numbers in the league where, you know, receivers can wear single digits now. And I'm hoping that it'll open up more space because I'm I'm tired of seeing somebody in Chicago wear 23. I'm hoping that, you know what I mean, now it's no excuse, but I'm not retired at Jersey now. <laughs> you know the – I know in Chicago – in Chicago, we have the most retired jerseys, so that was the excuse for not uh, retiring mine. Uh, well, you know we what? I, still time. I think still we time. got. I think they got time to do some things because you know, uh, I saw Devin, you know, trending on Twitter. I'm like, all right, what's he, twi- you know, trending on Twitter for? And the poll was, isn't Devin Hester a Hall of Famer? And I said. Uh, where where's the button that says no shit? Not not yes or no. Mine was more about like is Devin a first ballot Hall of Famer? Right. You know we have Correct. we have specialists in. We have Ray Guy who's considered the best punter. We have Lou Groza who started to change the way kickers kicked. Well, with Devin, Devin changed the way you set up for your punt team and said, you know what? This is a guy we don't want to punt to because if we do, he's going to take it back. So to me, that is first ballot Hall of Fame. I can't even go through all the the, the career numbers and all the the records, the Bears records. I mean, literally, the Wikipedia page is way too much. We all know the return numbers. We all know. But, Devin, don't tell me why you're going to be a Hall of Famer. Tell me why you should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
I look at the Hall of Fame, and um, I had a chance to talk to probably a, a table, um, and the whole table is surrounded by Hall of Famers, you know, and so that's a strong table, you know, I was sitting there, and the guys was mentioning to me because we was at like a, a uh, banquet, and they were saying that, you know, it's only special guys that make the Hall of Fame. Like, at the end of the day, they look stats, right? Then they go off, how did this guy here impact the NFL? Yes. Whether it was a shutdown corner or whether this was a clutch quarterback or this was the one receiver that every team played against the coach at night couldn't sleep, right? So when you look at Hall of Fame, all those guys in that category, you look at, okay, how did this player impact the league? Did he change the game from the Randy Moss from Boston people? Or did, you know what I mean, all kind of stuff. They say when they look at you, right? Yep. The return, man, right? So at the end of the day, you can't yep. just look at the return, right? But you got to look at how did this guy here affect the way the game is played. And if you change the way the game is played, the way coaches approach the game, the way players approach the game, then you should be in the Hall of Fame. He say right now, in your situation, it's no question. They say for you to sit here and make the top 100 players of NFL all time, this list, it's only 100 players that made this list. And for you to make it, this is even better than the Hall of Fame. Say, this is what you, you don't realize what you just did and, 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 and what you just earned by making the top 100, 100 is better than the NFL, better than the Hall of Fame. So it's no doubt in my mind. They don't have a choice but put you in the Hall of Fame. They don't. I agree. De- Devin, one thing for me, I mean, you had all those returns, but but what you said now, you changed the game. How many punters were shanking it, giving your team great field position because all they were trying to do was not kick it to you? I mean, you had punters trying right. to avoid you at all costs, and punts were going 5, 10 yards only because they were so afraid. You changed the game in that aspect because you never saw – I mean, Coach Dungy, what do you say? Anything you do, don't kick it to Devin. Hey, and man. they tried to do – I mean, Brian he, tried to do the same thing. He scares us. We ain't going to lie. <laughs> he, <laughs> he scares us. <laughs> I mean, no no coaches up at night thinking, all right, what are we going to do on punt, uh, punt uh, uh, coverage uh, uh, the night before a game? I mean, nobody's doing that anymore. Uh, but with you, obviously, that was keeping coaches up at night. So I, it's not even about the returns. It's the fear he put in the the, the, uh, the funny thing is you guys know what the, the um, Aussie rules punt is now, right? Because everybody's doing it where they put the nose of the ball down. Yep. They put it backwards. It gets more hang time. It doesn't go as far, but it, it gets the hang yeah. time. So I was in San Diego uh, in the offseason and training camp, and the first game that San Diego Chargers were playing were the Bears. And this was 2007, so it would have been your second year. And literally, right. the first special teams meeting that they ever had, there was on the board, don't kick it to Devin Hester. <laughs> literally, the thing it said was, don't <laughs> kick it to Devin Hester. And at the time, the punter was Mike Cyphers, who was the second guy ever to do the rugby kick in the NFL. He goes to coach. He goes, look, we don't have to punt normal. I'll punt rugby kick. It'll hang up in the air. It'll give Kasim Osgood enough time. So Devin will have to fair catch it. And they literally changed the way that they punted to Devin. So they, they didn't care if it went 40 yards. It just as long as he didn't touch the ball, 
we're good. And I'm like, yo, you changing the whole entire thing for Devin? I said, that's right, baby. The Canes is in the building. <laughs> I did say that in the meeting, too. And then the coach looked at me crazy. I was like, my bad, coach. It's a Kane thing, right? It's a Kane thing. This, this, is, this is what we do. You know, I, listen, Family, right? I, 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 look, I look forward to the day when, when Devin, you make it into the Hall of Fame because I have no doubt that, you know, you'll be a Hall of Famer. I just want to see first ballot. Yeah. Devin Hester, yeah. Hall of Fame, because I think you did, you know, change the game and and revolutionize the position that now people are like, yo, who's the next Devin Hester? How can we do this? I mean, listen, the only reason, I don't care, I'm going to call him out, the only reason Ted Ginn was taken so high was because of what you did in 2006, and then the next year they're like, yeah. all right, we got the next Devin Hester. Yeah, right. Right. What, yeah. what, what do you think yeah, about the new kickoffs? Cool. I'm sorry. What do you think about the new kickoff uh, uh, uh Distances, Devin. That would have made your yeah. That would have made your your job as a returner more difficult. Or does that give you more room? Or, or how how do you look at that change in the game in general? Um, I think for me it just gave me more yards. <laughs> I just had that I had you know one on one touchdown. I would have one on eight touchdown. <laughs> That's <laughs> the go. way I look at. It. I think uh, my special team at uh, special team coach at. My special team coach at the time was one of the, what you call a guru. He was a special team geek, and he found ways to try to utilize um, our situation as far as teams that we knew was going to squib kick, um, teams that we knew had a strong opponent with a strong leg. So it still gave us opportunities to, to get some returns, but it did, at the end of the day, changing the rule did limit a lot. You know, it just it was it was more of a risk for us, you know, because at the end of the day, if I didn't get it out to the twenty, and I got it to the fifteen or the ten yard line, it puts our offense in a tough situation. So it, it, it in the back of our mind, it did hinder us, but when we wanted to return, we found a way to, to try to get one. Yeah, and you and you had some some crazy dudes in your special teams, but I remember some of them dudes that were blocking. I don't know the. It, I think it was a, a, a white linebacker that was playing. That was literally. It always seemed to be running like super close to you when we'd have a return with Chicago and just going nuts. I'm like, yo, who is this dude right here? Boy, this boy's flying. His name was uh, Hannah Hannah Hill, Hill, Hillemeyer. There you go. See, I, I knew he would know, I know who he He was literally in the picture every single time. Yeah. Well, Devin, look, we want to leave you on this. We want to ask you one last question uh, about the current Miami Hurricanes team. You know. Uh, I know you you go to a lot of the games. You know, we've seen what Manny Diaz has done from, you know, year one to year two. We got a new offensive coordinator last year. The offense take the, the step forward with De'Ara King. We have a new, you know, somewhat defensive staff coming in. Manny Diaz is coming back and play calling now for the defense. You know, what do you see from this team that will, would have for them to take the next step and win double digits and compete with the guys like Clemson in the ACC and eventually being in the Final Four in the college football playoff? I think what the guys did this offseason, uh, pretty much a month or two after the season was over, uh, we we haven't I haven't seen in a while where a lot of juniors come back. Yeah, that may have yep. the opportunity to go mid round. You know what I mean, mid to late rounds. I haven't seen that in a while where the juniors that stood out this year came back when they did have an opportunity. Maybe it wasn't the first round, but you know, had hope a third or fourth round stay. And when that's when the team's become good, you yeah. know what I mean? Like we have in the previous year with guys, okay, you got a C grade, which is a third, fourth, the fifth or sixth round draft pick, and they, I'm gone. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, a lot of our key players came back. And when you have that type of team that's coming back, it's gonna shock. It's gonna shock a lot of people. And I think they're gonna play. They're gonna play a lot better this year with the chemistry. You see anybody on that team that can even return any punts or kickoffs? Because we haven't had any in a while. The both our returners are coming back. Both of the receivers. Yeah, but, um, but they haven't had any returns. And, um, yeah, but they they do show a lot of glimpses. You know what I mean? They I, they those guys close, do right? show a lot of glimpses of, of potential of, of, of taking one back. So I can see that happening this year. I can see us returning about three three or four points. I say about three points this year. Three, three points. Re, re, three returns. Woo. I think not points. I would say returns. So maybe a kickoff. But I can see us return at least three of them this year. So you know, I don't know if you watched the spring game or not, but we got a couple new guys in. And I do believe Tyreek Stevenson, the, the five-star corner from Georgia, I think he's going to be the starting punt returner, That's uh, what saying. which he has a lot, okay. of, a lot of ability, and I want you to be able to check him out when you get a chance. And I think when we okay. go kickoff, we're going to go Jalen Knighton, the little scat back that we had last year, uh, I believe number four. Mm-hmm. And okay. then also number four, yeah. number four. And then you got the speedster from California, I think is going to be the other kick returner, Keyshawn Smith, Smith. I want to say. So – if you okay. look, if you look at talent wise, we could get the three that you're talking about, and I, I, and I want you to, you know, go check them out. You know, first game, second game, and then you, you let me know what you think about them, or you know, check out the highlights and see what 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 we got. And if you had, you know, one word of advice for the returners or just the guys on this team, you know, what would you say to them to say how do you get to the next level as far as training, studying? What's the one word of advice you would give them? Confidence. You gotta have confidence back there. It's it's a lot of returners that doubt their team, right? They doubt that this guy's gonna miss the block. I doubt that I hate running this return because it's not gonna work. The minute you start doubting, you believe it and you do it. When you have confidence and okay, whatever this coach call, like at the end of the day, some sometimes the coach might not call the, the best return out your most favorite return, but you gotta go out there and know that. When he called a return, that regardless of what return he called, I'm going to make it work. And when they have confidence and they go out there and play with confidence, it shows. So I would tell them this, at the end of the day, have confidence in what the coach called. Have confidence. Build confidence in your teammate. That way, when you show them you have, all I need is one or two seconds to hit this hole and score. When you build that confidence in your teammates, the ones that's out there blocking, it makes them block even harder. They, like, I had teammates, like, we would get upset in the NFL when we would break one for 30, 40 yards. We got upset. That wasn't that. We got to the point where our standards were so high that we would actually get upset for a 30, 40-yard return. It was like, we need either score or they kick it out of bounds. That's how high our standards was. And when you when you have a whole special team return unit that thinks like that, you guys are going to be special, man. Devin, one thing that always – image always pops in my mind is – a lot of times you'd, you'd, you'd get that, the ball in your hands, either on a kickoff or a punt, or even maybe I think you did it on a missed field goal, and you'd fake kneel it. You'd get, you'd get down close to one knee like you're going to uh, take a touchback. Then you'd get up and run. I got two questions. Number one, would you tell the ref beforehand, hey, I'm going to get close, but I'm not going down, so don't blow a whistle. Would you give them any hint? Yeah. And then, and you would. Yeah, I would tell them. Yeah, I tell them, like, don't blow this whistle right now. I might not take a knee. I might just stand here. 
long as my knee don't touch the ground, don't blow the whistle right now. I'm finna try something. I would always give him the heads up. And, and is that something you would, I mean, how did you come up with that? Is that just something you, you, you thought of, someone told you? Because uh, you used it, I think, I, if I remember correctly, was it against the Giants you did it and you and you returned it for a touchdown? I, I, I could be wrong. Yeah. That was a field goal, right? Yeah, missed field goal. Yeah, that was a missed field goal. Yeah, because you get, you get a lot of guys like late in the game where once you catch the ball, if you just walk, they just start charting off the field. You know, because in their mind, okay, he's going to give it to the ref. So you see that a lot. When I got that missed field goal, I, I got it deep in the end zone. So I just started walking like the play was over just to see what they was going to do. And when I see half of the guy turn their head and start going towards the sideline, I said, well, I got him. <laughs> so, like, that's me keeping keep, keep the kickoff cover team honest because you have a lot of guys late in the game, they don't want to sprint that whole 100-yard field. They, they see the returns, you're catching the ball and walking all day like, yes. Now I can run to the sideline because I'm tired. I got to get ready for defense or I got to be ready for offense. So that just keep a team honest. You hear that, young guys, yeah. right there. He's telling you, you got to go 110% all the way till it goes zeros on the clock because if not, someone <laughs> like Devin Hester is going to run it down your throat and high step it to the end zone. <laughs> Devin, man, I just want to say appreciate you taking the time out. Awesome talking to you. Definitely see you next year when it comes to the games, man. Hope you and your fam doing well. Thank you, Devin. Thank you, All Devin. right, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Appreciate you guys for having me. Appreciate it. All righty. No problem. Shoot. I mean, listen, look, my le- my legs and my ankles are feeling better again now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now now that it's, it's over now, now that's over with, my legs and my ankle are going, you know, feeling good because uh ain't gonna lie. It's Devin Hester. You know, I was so happy when I was like, yes, we are teammates now, and it's not in high school anymore. Would you, I mean, would you guys do actually p- practice? Would you have to kick to him and Hell practice yeah. on Green Tree? Him. I had to kick to him. I had to kick to Roscoe. I had to kick to Sonoris. <laughs> so no matter no matter what, somebody was breaking my ankles. And, of course, they always wanted to do it in practice just to mess with me. Like, right. and Coach Saul would be over there, you know, give 100%. What are you doing, Ro? Run down there. And, like, <laughs> You know, they want to – and, you know, Devin was so nasty with that. He would – the ability for him to give you that one shake but still do it at full speed was like, how is he doing this? And then, you know, Roscoe was the type of we said you couldn't catch him in a phone booth. He would, His lateral movement, his quickness was unbelievable. And then I feel like Sonoris had a little bit of everything, right? You know, he was shorter. He was stocky. But, I mean, the dude had, like, well, I don't know, 41, 43-inch vert, explosion speed. speed. Yeah. So we had everything back there. Like, okay, one dude can't go right now. Okay, put Roscoe back there. Scores a touchdown. I mean, you guys remember the Florida game. Oh, yeah. They kicked to Devin. He scores. Kick away from Devin Hester. Who you kick it to? Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor. What does Sean do? <laughs> Sean catches the ball over his head. I was like, oh, my God, he almost <laughs> dropped it. And then he takes it down into, like, the 10 or something like yeah. that. Pick your poison when it comes to those guys. Amazing. That's a good problem to have, right? It's it's a great problem to have. And you know what? We talk about it all the time with the guys. When you look at the teams that are great, the starters are on the special teams. The starters want to be on special teams. You look at the Miami teams of the last five years, eh, you got a couple dudes. Like you, You know which dudes would be good in the league. Right, I knew Travis Homer would make the, the squad in the league. Yep. Why? Because he was a good, good teamer. Team. Yeah. DJ Dallas, why is he going to make the team? He's a good teamer. Yep. I mean, we literally had dudes back in the day that would be third-string linebackers, 
but they were on kickoff team, punt team, kickoff return team. They'd go run a 4-3, 4 a combine day. And then Daryl uh, Armstrong, uh, strong face, he played for the Jets. I mean, we had dudes that they had bets who could tackle the dude inside the 10 on a kickoff. Not inside the 20, inside the 10. You know, we had Jarrell Weaver, and Carl yeah. Walker, Jack, and these dudes would just fly down there. We'd even make noise in the in the uh, meeting room because you'd see Carl Walker and Jack. I mean, Carl um, Jarrell Weaver and Carl Walker. They both ran like four threes, yeah. low four fours. I mean, Weaver ran a four three legit every single time, and we'd be on the film, and all of a sudden you go, <laughs> bam! And I mean, the collisions that these dudes would have. And they'd shake hands in the end zone, high five. I mean, yeah. dudes, dudes would catch it one deep and look up, and the guy's already at the 20. Yeah. And they're like, I'm not coming out. I'm not coming out. There's nothing you could do. I'm not, You're not going to do it. No. Yeah, we were spoiled. No, but, I mean, it, it was also because of depth, and, and we've talked about it so many times, that, that, that special teams special teams at the Rose Bowl, you had Andrew Roll, you had Kellen Winslow, Sean, you had Sean was on Taylor, kick- yeah. you had Andre Johnson. I mean, they, that was your, your punt coverage, your kickoff coverage, guys. It was, uh, it was all unbelievable. Hall of, you know, UM Hall of Favors, Famers. Yeah, Brian, Brian's so right, though. These guys that perform well on special teams – have a much better shot getting into totally. the league. That's, no, that's why, uh, I mean, Travis Homer, he was our starting running back, but he was also our flyer. And, and, and I think now with some depth, I think you may see some more starters are, are trying to play. You'll see teams. it because that's the way most of these dudes are going to make an NFL roster at the beginning. Yep. You know, you, you look at, okay, everyone up until what, Njoku, the last couple draft picks. I mean, highest has been, uh, what, DJ Dallas in the fourth round? Right, yeah. DJ, and then you had yeah. you had Shaq Quarterman in the in the fourth as well. Both of them made their teams as special teamers. Yeah, DJ got in the game a little bit because I think their top two running backs, Carson yep. and the other guy, got injured. But they make their money off special teams. If you're a dude at University of Miami, you got to take pride in that. That's one thing that teams that you see successful they take pride in their special teams. Their kickoff units are nuts. Yeah. Just think about Devin, okay, playing. He runs one back. What does that do to the team? Oh. Both sides. Oh. Both are fired up. Yeah. That's like a free touchdown almost, yeah. you know? So now both tides get fired up. Everyone's excited. Act a fool on the field. You know, that 15 yards was a great 15 oh, it was, yards. It was, you know? it was definitely uh-huh. worth it. I mean, uh-huh. you look at Chicago and his career at the Chicago, right? The offense already knew Devin won is either going to give him a touchdown or he's going to get the ball out to the 50 yeah. every single time. You know what? They, like you said, the confidence that they have. I mean, Rex Grossman was trash. Oh. Go Gators. But you you have to look at these like, yes, a cane. That's finally on my team. You know what I'm saying? Instead of beating my brains in 41 to 8 up there. Yeah, I was there as against a recruit. <sighs> that sealed the deal for that one. Um, but and and the defense too is like, oh, we're, we're good. Like special teams gives you the biggest momentum shift in a game. Yeah. Period. Whether it's a big hit, a block, a block punt. Yep block field goal yep. or a big return it literally completely changes the game yeah. and you know you look at this current Miami Hurricanes team two years ago we were god awful in special teams we couldn't make a field goal we couldn't punt the ball we couldn't return we couldn't do anything we changed some things up we go get this 35 year old Australian punter that's tatted up all over the you know <laughs> everywhere drinking beer and stuff like that and you know I I I read everything. I read everything. You see all these people, oh, we only average this, he only averaged 35. And I go, all right, he's only been doing it for a couple of years. What did Lou end up this year? Top oh. five, top 10? 
Yeah. In the and, league in averages and, and was the final and, three. And his plus two net. years here, he's the most consistent player on the team. The most none. consistent player. Yeah. And then what do we do last year? We go down the street. We go get the dude that had the, the yeah. cutthroat in the in the FIU game, Jose Borregales. Yep. And he wins the Lou Groza. First time ever that any Miami kickers ever won a Lou Groza yeah. in history. And we actually had fans that said, I don't want him because he did the throat cutting. I go, you are here. an idiot. Yeah. Because when he's making field goals from 50 yards winning games, I guarantee you they're going to be the first one. I love him. Of he's the man. Of course. Now we take the next step. We had even a block. We had a block. Uh, against Clemson, returned for a touchdown. Yep. Okay. Ivy scored, scored a touchdown. Yeah. Now we take the next step. We have the kicker. We have the punter. His brothers, Jose Borgales, his brothers here now. Now we have a little bit more dynamic return men. Yeah. You bring in Tyreek Stevenson, five-star corner coming out, big kid can move. We have Jalen Knighton back there, and we also Keyshawn Smith. Now can we get the return game back up that we used to have? Because that's really what's going to change this team, because that momentum on a big return, give yeah. De'Ara King a short field when we're opening against Alabama instead of being insider 15 yep. and all these big hogs up front for Bama just licking their chops. Conservative play calling then, you get people nervous. Field position, field position was such a problem for us two years ago, much better last year. Huge. But it's huge, even if you even if you don't break it, but that you get an extra 10, 15 yards is, is, is the difference for an offense so many times. So many times. Listen, I had a blast. Brought me back to my special teams roots here. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm done sweating I, now. I you're still sweating, I uh, think. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm done sweating right now. Just remember, you didn't have to play against him in a real game. So it was just high school? Of, high school? Well, in high school, but, you know. Hey, man, high school still counts. Did he run back on you? Nope. I never had a punt return or a kickoff return on me. Okay. Ever. Thank so God. y'all kicked them all out of bounds? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I see, you know, some, <laughs> he shanked every single sometimes one. Sometimes when you got Devin looking at you, you shank it. You know what I'm saying? I literally turned in the stadium and I punted it like 10 rows up. I'm not even going to lie. And my popcorn my coach out. looks at me and I go, what? You told me to kick it out of bounds. There it is. In the middle of the stadium. There's no doubt about it. He's not Stretch Armstrong. His arms aren't going 50 feet into the stands. Oh, oh man. All right, Canes fans. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Next week, we will have another Kane great with some Kane stories. Fellas, hope you guys have a great weekend. And week, we do have the NFL draft coming up. Yeah. Two weeks. Or no, this week. I keep a mixing week. up the dates, man. I'm sorry. This a week from Thursday. Yeah. Platten, messing it up. No. Again, I'm always messing it up. It'd be kind of exciting to have first-round picks for the Kings. I mean, listen, I think uh, when it comes down to it, I think we have one surefire, and that's yeah. and that's Jalen Phillips. I think his sweet spot's 15 and on. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, the Vikings right there might be take a flyer on him. But, um, you know, Russo, you look at Russo, and, and I'll say this. Drew Rosenhaus is doing something he did with a former Miami Hurricanes player before, and that was Willis McGahee when he got the knee injury. Yep. And everyone was talking about this and that. He goes, listen, we got teams that said if he's going to be there in the back end, we're going to take him. Well, what did he come out and say last week? He said, I got to what, – you guys can say whatever you want about Russo. We have teams that tell us that if he's there at the end of the first round, we're taking him. Now, whether that's a scare tactic to move up, right. I do like – I like the Ravens at 27 for Russo. I think that's a nice little landing spot. That would be, and they lost uh, their defensive lineman. I forget his name to the Patriots, I believe. Matt Judon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 he he could slip to the second, but I do think he gets picked up at the very end of the first round because someone's just going to be someone's. It's it's going to be too uh, tempting. But Jalen Phillips certainly at first. I don't think Roche goes in the second. I think he goes a little bit 
further down, even though he he, he can play in that 3-4. But No, I don't think Roche is going to be second. I think Roche has best middle of the third. Middle, middle of the third, third, late third, early yeah. fourth. I think Brevin the same thing. I, I don't think he ran amazingly at the pro day. Even though I like him on film and I like that he can do a lot of things, he's very versatile. He can block well. He's hungry. Yep. He's got that dog in him when you watch him on film. Um, I've heard from some scouts that, you know, he could go back at the end of the second round. Um, I wouldn't put my money on it, right? But I think that all five canes that are going to be in this draft are going to get drafted. All right. And the last one's Jose Borgales. I think he's listen. How high does he go? Man, you got to look in the fifth round, potentially fourth, as like people maybe picking up the phone. Yeah. I mean, because listen, the dude was automatic last year. His blocks. I mean, his his uh, misses oh. were a, a block and a fake. I think it was. Were they uh, both blocks or one of them was a fake? I thought he missed one. No, he never missed one. He never missed no, one? No. I think it was a block, block and a, and a fake, fake or maybe two blocks, but I don't think he actually missed, missed. the field goal. Okay. But, you know, someone could slide in my DM and, and, let, me know if, and let me know if I'm wrong. Um, but he's getting drafted. There's, oh, there's no sure. way he's not getting drafted. I would say he'll start getting teams thinking about him in the fifth because kickers – you're not going to do the Roberto Aguayo again and go in the second round because— no. Or a Sebastian Janikowski. Well, listen, <laughs> at least Sebastian gave you, what, oh, 17? Yeah, yeah, man. 17 years? Yeah, man. And he had a hell of a leg. And he had a hell back, of a— For the standards back then, he oh, had a I mean, listen, hell of a leg. Sebastian was the, the ideal kicker. I mean, he, he didn't care. He was fat. Yeah. You know, he <laughs> took three steps on the kickoff and went booming halfway up the field goal. And you're just like, how the hell did he do that? Yeah. But— I think teams learn for certain things. Like, you know, Roberto Aguayo came out as one of the most heralded kickers in NCAA history, and then it was a, a mental case with him. Yep. He went there, listened to the outside world, and couldn't do it again. But I think, you know, Jose, he just seems like a very cool, calm, collected kid that yep. does nothing's going to rattle him. He's going to go there. He's going to be a pro's pro. I think he's going to be nice. I mean, I wish him all the best to say he gets to a dome. Because yeah. that, that's ideal, you know, get to a dome or be in the uh, NFC South where you get to play in, like, Tampa and you get to play the Panthers and you're in, you're in Atlanta. Yeah. Like, if it's that, yay. Like the good news is there's more and more domes every year. And oh, man. Yeah. New stadium's a dome, right? As they should because you, you look at stuff, right? All cold teams should have domes. All cold sure. teams have domes. For I don't sure. even care. All cold teams. Like, South Florida, yeah, we might get some rain. But, you know, we have a gorgeous day. It's going to be you know, you saw the last Super Bowl here. The, oh, yeah. the 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 weather was in the seventies or something like that. It was yeah. It was amazing. I don't think certain areas shouldn't have domes, but everywhere cold, have a dome. For sure. Well, if I'm a fan, I definitely want to. Yeah, especially in the. I mean, more for the fans than anyone else. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward. Finally, a draft where we've got some potential couple first rounders, and 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 it's not maybe one first rounder, and then it's free agent pickups. So yeah, let's see no, what happens. We'll, we'll, we'll probably have. Four guys take it in the first four, right, which is see. good. So yeah. we should have we should have one or two in the first day, probably one or two in the second day, and if they slip, then we'll have some on the third day. Yeah. It is what it is. Awesome. All right, Canes fans, we had a blast. We hope you had a blast listening. It's this will drop. Well, I'm kind of even say it's going to drop because you're going to be listening to it. Yeah, I'm already trying to do my Instagram post already. <laughs> it is what it is. So we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. See ya.